morning, Green Church. We are so glad to have each and every one of you here with us this morning. And if you are a first-time guest or joining us online, we especially welcome you and would love to get to know more about you. For those in the building, if you could, be sure to grab an orange Connect card in a seat pocket in front of you, fill it out, and drop it off in the giving box on the way out of the auditorium. Or you and those watching online can simply text the word CONNECT to 77411. And we also want to thank everyone for your faithful giving. As a reminder, you can give by grabbing an offering envelope out of the seat pocket in front of you and dropping it off in the giving box on the way out of the auditorium. Or you can give by texting your dollar amount to the number 84321. You can also give online by going to bereanhub.com giving. Once again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. And remember, we are a church that extends hope and wholeness to broken humanity. Hate is loud. It uses all its breath and then some to shout its selfish causes and to spew its vile venom. It's obsessed with division and distress. With its gain and its success at another one's expense, hate is loud. But love is louder. It is patient, it is kind, it is gentle, but it is strong. But it's a different kind of sound. It's love's whisper that is loud. A whisper like a song, or like the rushing of the wind. It reverberates and resonates, it amplifies within. Love is louder. Good morning. I hope we didn't run out of donuts. Usually after uh, Easter, we have donuts for the next 40 days. So glad to see you this morning on this great Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday is described as the day that changed everything. And it really did. For the first time in human history, there was a God who rose from the dead and left behind an empty tomb. And the cry was, come see the place where the Lord lay. He is not here, but he is risen. Hallelujah. He is alive. He is risen. But there is another part to that story that also makes this this celebration unique. Not only are we the only faith with an empty tomb, Christianity is also the only faith that has a God who became man and lived among us. The Bible tells us this about our Savior, verse that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. 
So it gives us this authority of the word of God and an omniscient God who sees everything. And in that same context goes on to say to us, therefore, understanding all of that, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. He is the son of God. He's the authority. We hold on to our faith. Why? Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We have the Son of God as our Savior, who always was and always will be, who became man and lived among us and dwelt in our world so that we could have newness of life. And I think then it's fair to say, if we understand it, that he really does get us. The ad campaign that you saw synopsis of this morning was launched at the Super Bowl, the first time in U.S. history that a faith-based ad was allowed as a national advertiser at the Super Bowl. And I'm telling you, I believe that there's something happening in our world today that while the world gets darker, people become more confused, more and more people are losing their way, our moorings are being destroyed as a cultural foundation. We look around the church world and we see places where God is breaking through the darkness and the light is shining like never before. People are praying, seeking God, searching after him. And I believe that God wants to bring a revival to our nation that will change everything about us because he is the living God who dwelt among us and he gets us. On the night in which he was betrayed, he broke bread. Have you ever felt betrayed? He gets you. In your darkness, in your storms, in your fear, in that feeling of separation from God, he gets us. He's touched with a feeling of our infirmity. Easter changes everything. God became man. And what the video series tells us is that hate is loud. How many of you know that hate is loud? Where in the world do the rest of you live? Pella? Everybody loves everybody. Lake Wobegon, where do you live? Let's try this again. Pretend like I haven't said anything. How many of you know that hate is loud? And hate against Christianity is getting even louder. I'm not playing the victim card. I'm just commenting on the condition of our culture. How did Jesus respond to the hatred of his, wor of his world? Not by spewing more hatred that says God hates you, but rather responding with love. The love of God is the loudest voice in our world, and we need to shout it from the mountaintops. We need to proclaim it in the valleys and the streets that God so loved this broken world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world why did he send his son that all men might come to a knowledge of the truth that all men might be saved because I believe that love is louder I believe it's louder that's right you can shout you can clap you can dance do whatever you want I wouldn't dance there's not much room 
The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Hallelujah. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed, and we celebrate that. So this morning, we're going to begin a series on on, uh, uh, on Jesus loves louder and that he gets us because I believe the world needs to see not only a God high and lifted up that they need to bow in reverence before, but a God close at hand who wants to walk with us in our trial and our journey, that wants to comfort us in our afflictions, that provides a way out of our darkness. And Jesus loved loud because he lived loud. He lived loud. There was nothing quiet or secret about the way that Jesus lived. And to celebrate that, I tried to find one of the loudest ties I have. So that's why I'm wearing this this morning. Jesus lived loud. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 55, at that time, Jesus said to the crowd, this is when they come to arrest him in the garden, am I leading a rebellion that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Do you want to see hatred? It's right there. They came out to capture him. They come with weapons. They came with swords and clubs to capture Jesus. I know he had tanks and was heavily armed, but they came out to subdue this rebel. And he said, every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. My message was not silent. My message was not hidden. My message was in public every day again and again and again proclaiming the message of God. I want you to think for a moment how Jesus lived loud. And I want to change your perspective a little bit on the nativity. Now, how many know this is Easter? Eight of you. What day do the rest of you think it is? How many of you know it's Easter? All right. And is it all right with you if I talk about Christmas on Easter? Because we have this picture, and I get it, and I love the song. Don't send me any letters after this message is over. Silent night. And then we sing... Away in a manger, no crying he makes. Are you serious? <laughs> Any baby that doesn't cry needs medical attention. Yes. And so we have this meek and mild, midnight clear quietness. And I think we lose some of the majesty of really what happened on that night. It was not a quiet night. It was not a secret coming. The Bible tells us that there were on the hillside shepherds, priestly shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angelic host, the army of God appears and says to them that there's a baby born that you need to see. And this is a night of good Good tidings of great joy for all people. That wasn't silent. The army of God appeared in that Judean hillside and proclaimed loudly that Jesus had been born. Wise men come from the east. Are you serious? With their entourage and their gifts. And they come into Jerusalem. And what is tragic is with this incredible entourage that comes into the city. And the entourage 
Gomorrah that leaves, no one followed them because no one believed. The problem wasn't that God was quiet. It was that people were deaf. They weren't listening. Do you know what's wrong with our world? The message is loud and we need to make it louder. Come on, help me this morning. I said the message is loud, but we need to make it louder. But we're, we're living in a world of people whose ears have become dull of hearing and have been lied to and deceived to believe that none of this is true. And on this Resurrection Sunday, I'm issuing a call. Let's live louder. Let's live louder and let the message be heard. Jesus was louder than religious bondage. One of my favorite stories is Jesus cleansing the temple. How many know the story? That is an amazing story. I mean, Jesus must have been a little bit of an imposing presence. Because imagine if somebody walked in here, started yelling and started kicking over chairs. I think three or four of us could take him out. If it was really big, it might take five or six or a stun gun or something. But it's not going to just kick the whole place over. But there was an authority on him. There was a power on him that when he walked in and saw what they were doing, what they were doing wasn't wrong. They were providing a service for the worshipers. But they were charging exorbitant fees. And what happened was those who needed to experience the love of God in temple worship were kept on the outside. And when Jesus saw the religious hypocrisy... When he saw a religious structure that fed the greed of religious hypocrites and pushed out those who were hungry and really had need, when he saw the perversion of the religious system, he said, enough is enough. You will not make my father's house a house of thieves. This will be a house of prayer. And he kicks over the tables and he sets the doves loose. And when he is finished, the Bible says to us that the blind and the came to him in the temple and he healed them but the chief priests and teachers of the law saw wonderful things and the children shouting in the temple Hosanna son of David when they saw that they were indignant I'm telling you he's loud the church cannot come on the church cannot exist for its own subsistence it can't exist for its own benefit it can't exist to elevate those who are engaged in ministry when our religious systems keep needy people from coming Coming in the doors, we need Jesus to kick over some tables because he's bigger than religious hypocrisy. His birth was loud. He lived loud. He was louder than the religious traditions of the day. He was also louder than threatening storms. Jesus, early in his ministry, have disciples that are following him and they begin to make excuses as to why they can't continue to follow for delaying to follow him. Miracles have been happening. The crowd is growing. And Jesus says to his disciples, the ones close to him, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And here's what the Bible says. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. That is an amazing story. Let me just tell you, if you're in a storm and Jesus is asleep, you're going to be okay. If he ain't nervous, I ain't nervous. 
He's asleep in the boat. The disciples wake him. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He says, oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and was completely calm. And they're amazed. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. I'm telling you, he lived aloud. This storm was so profound that the sailors and fishermen of that day are saying, we're going to die. We're not going to live through this one. It's not going to be okay. And Jesus stood up and his voice was louder than the wind. His voice was louder than the storm. His voice was louder than their doubt as he proclaimed, peace, be still. And it all went calm. I'm telling you, he lived loud. His voice was loud. And while I'm, I'm going to apply this to non-temporal non, uh, 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 storms, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I know that I have, in a place where I felt like there was no way out for me. There was no way to get through this. There was no answer for my struggle. What do you need to have? You need Jesus to stand up in your boat. Come on, I said you need Jesus to stand up in your boat. And when he says, peace be still, even nature obeys his voice. He was born loud. He lived loud. He lived loud against religious hypocrisy, against the storms of life. And Jesus, even in his life, was louder than death. How many remember the story of John chapter 11 when his friend Lazarus has died? And what's amazing about the story is that he delayed knowing that Lazarus was going to die because they're going to need to believe in resurrection power when Jesus dies and he's going to give them a demonstration of that. And I wish I'd been there on that day. I wish I could have been in heaven and watched what happened with Lazarus when he's already died and he's in heaven and he hears a voice. And the Bible says he cried out with a loud voice. He didn't have to be loud so God would hear him. He didn't have to be loud so that um, Lazarus would hear him. He was loud so that everybody gathered around would not make a mistake in what he was declaring. He put his reputation and his character on the line and he stood there in front of them all and declared loudly so that no one could misunderstand his words and said, Lazarus, come forth. In a loud voice, he made that proclamation. Someone said if he had not said Lazarus by name and just said, come forth, every sepulcher in that graveyard would have opened up. And I imagine that Lazarus is up in heaven saying, wait a minute, wait just a minute. I just got here and you're calling me back to that place of sorrow and tears. And he, and he returns and comes out hand and foot in grave clothes. And the people gathered have to set him free. But he declared on that day, I am louder than your death. I'm louder than your despair. I'm louder than your emptiness. And when he says in the midst of death that there will be life, you can believe him. He's louder than death. The Bible tells us in John chapter 7, on the last day, the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within in him. And I want to say to you this morning, 
If you are separated from God, you're living in a dark place. You've not felt his love and compassion on your life. Resurrection Sunday is about a God who loved loud because he lived loud. And the call simply comes this way. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you thirsty this morning? All you've got to do is come to him and drink. And when you do, everything in your life will be different. Everything will change because he's standing in this place tonight and he's proclaiming loudly, are you thirsty? Do you need a drink? I'm here. And all you've got to do is come. The love of God is loud because Jesus lived loud. The Bible also tells us that Jesus died loud. Jesus died loud. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cried out in a loud voice. Again, why would Jesus be loud? So that everyone could hear. It's that moment when he became the sin bearer and the sin of all the world is on his back and God was holy, cannot look upon sin and Jesus felt that separation that sin brings from God. Jesus felt that that great gulf that had been created spiritually. He felt the pain and emptiness of that. And he spoke loudly so everyone would hear him. And he's saying to you today, do you feel like God has forsaken you? He gets you. He gets you. Because he was there. He cried out in a loud voice. Telling us that he was our sin bearer. He carried the entire load. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 50. When Jesus cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. And in Luke 23, 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice. Father into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this. He breathed his last. He really did die. He died because of your sin. He died because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or remission of sin. He died so that you and I could live. He died because of the brokenness of this world. And he proclaims loudly and clearly, I am the sin bearer. His death was loud and it needs to be louder. Nature was also loud in that day. It was about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. There was an incredible um, impact made in the natural world. And then it tells us when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Hallelujah. The curtain that had divided man from the glory of God is now rent, not from the bottom to the top by the hand of man, but from the top to the bottom by the hand of God and granted us access and in that morning or in that moment the earth shook the rocks split the tombs opened up and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life and they were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem nature cried out loudly at his death how could you miss it only if you didn't want to see it he lived loud. He died loud. He died in our place. Many today miss the provision because they're not listening. He lived loud. He died loud. 
<laughs> I need I need some I need some music here. Some of that music, you know, when you know something bad's going to happen on a show because the music, or something good's going to happen. I need some building music right here, because this is the point of this morning. Not only was he born loud, not only did he lie, uh, die loud, but I'm telling you this morning, Jesus also arose loud. He arose loud. <laughs> After the Sabbath, at dawn. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. Uh, I wish I could digress about what historically that tells us about when Jesus died. When you take the earthquakes that happened and the darkness over the land, they've been able to trace back to tell you that Jesus died on Friday and rose again on Sunday. And there's a whole, a whole study behind that. But there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I just love the dramatic effect that God has. Nobody plans it better than God does. An earthquake, the angel rolls it back and then sits on it. <laughs> His appearance was like lightning. There's no, there's no baby cherub playing a harp here. I said to you, his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were like snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. Who were these guards? Th these were the hosts of the Roman army that had fought battles and won battles and saw blood shed and ruled over that part of the world. These were powerful, mighty warriors that were set there to guard the tomb to make sure that they didn't carry Jesus' body away and this moment is so powerful so intense that they tremble and fall like dead men the angel said to the women don't be afraid <laughs> talk about the understatement of the season don't be afraid for I know you're looking for Jesus who is crucified he is not here he has risen just as he said come and see the place where he lay now i don't want to get i don't want to get on a rabbit trail here but i'm going to tell you this god is never embarrassed to show evidence to prove his miracles the stone didn't stay closed and the angel said trust me he rose. Come in and see the place where the Lord had laid. Then quickly go tell the disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell the disciples. Now let me back up. Hate is everywhere in this story. Do you know that the religious world hated Jesus and they wanted him dead? 
The Roman world hated Jesus because they saw him as an insurrectionist, a troublemaker stirring up a sect of the Jews. And they wanted to make sure when he died on that cross, and believe me, they made sure that he died. There's a swoon theory that Jesus wasn't really dead and that he woke up in the tomb. Well, let me tell you, let's let you prove that. Let's let you hang on the cross for that amount of time. Let's let you lose the blood that he lost. Let's put the crown of thorns on your head and then let's run a spear in your side and lay you in a cold, dark, damp cave and see if you come out. He was dead. They weren't worried at all about him rising from the dead. They were worried that those disciples are going to come to the sepulcher and steal the body of Jesus away. And the Jews and the Romans joined together in a pact to make sure, ooh, I can't hardly stand how good this is right now. I know what I'm going to say next. The Jews and the Romans entered into a pact to make sure that Jesus stayed dead. That the resurrection story would not be communicated. And this movement called Christianity would be over. And they were loud. They put their best there. Their hatred reverberated off the walls. All of hell hated what's going on in that moment. And wanted to make sure that Jesus stayed in that tomb. How many of you are old enough to remember Carmen? I'd like to break out in that song here if you're old enough to remember that. It may seem like Friday night, but Sunday's on the way. And the hell's having a party. I don't know if that's true, but I'm telling you, hatred was deep and it was real. But the love of God is louder. Let the world do everything it wants to do to, to try to stop the church. Let them war. Let them roar. Let them plan. Let them plot. Put the religious world and the political world together to guard the tomb. But I'm telling you, when God makes a declaration, there's not a force on the earth or in hell that can stop what God has declared. And right there in front of them, God empowered the forces of nature. A tremendous earthquake and the stone rolls back. And the power of that moment is overwhelming because you can't stop the decree of God. You can't stop the work of God. Let Idi Amin try to shut the church down. It'll come back stronger. Let the Soviet Union try to stop the voice of God and it will come back stronger. Let communist China try to shut down the voice of God and it will come back stronger because he lived and he loved louder than the hatred of this world. I'm telling you, when he makes a declaration there is no one and there is nothing that can stop what God has declared that he will do. I know it's been said often and I just need to say it again. You know, <laughs> the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. He's not in there saying, when are you going to get here, Michael? I'd like to get out of this tight space. It's not comfortable here. He had enough time to fold up the head napkin. What is going on here? Not at all. Not at all. There was one reason for the earthquake. There was one reason for the soldiers to lay there terrified in fear. There was one reason the stone rolled back. 
because there was a powerless woman in a culture that didn't respect them as they should, who has no way to get in and see the story. The stone didn't roll away to let Jesus out. It rolled away to let us in. And the tomb is empty. The world's hatred is loud, but the love of God is louder. Hate is everywhere in our world. It often appears under the guise of religion. And I want to make it really, really clear. There are a number of social ills that I will loudly speak against. There are a number of things that are happening in this world that will cause the destruction and degradation of America as we know it. But God help us that our rhetoric against the ills of culture never get mistaken as hatred for people who suffer. God does not hate people. God does not hate those that are caught in a web and trap of sin. And the message that we need to proclaim is that the hatred of this world tried to keep him in a tomb but the love of God sounded louder and wherever you're trapped this morning whatever tomb that you're in whatever struggle that you're facing whatever darkness you dwell in I've got good news to bring this morning and that is a declaration of resurrection power from the throne room of God that if you'll come he'll roll away your stone he'll raise you to newness of life and set you on a solid course that will lead you all the way to heaven. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. He's alive and his love reigns. We are new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Now hear me, I can't save anybody. I've shared the story numerous times. In the gym, one of the old grumpy guys walks up to me and said, I hear you're a pastor. Yeah, I assume they didn't know that because then you can't really talk to them. Yeah, I am. And he said, can you save me? And I said, you, my friend, are way above my pay grade. I can't save anybody. All I can do is be sorry. I can cry with you in your withdrawals. I can cry with you in your broken life. I can cry with you in the prison cell that the devil has locked you in, but I can't get you out and I can't help you and I can't change you. If I try to raise a dead body, it'll stay dead. But the good news that I have is I know somebody who can. I know somebody who can. And for those of you that don't believe that, you probably believe it or you might not be here unless someone bartered lunch to get you here I'm saying to you to this world I don't have a solution I can't extend anything to broken lives but why do we say we extend hope and wholeness to broken humanity because there is a God in heaven who is high and lifted up 
who was born in Bethlehem and died as a man and paid for our sin, went into the tomb and death, hell, and the grave did everything it could to keep him there. But all that was needed was for love to sound louder. Love to sound louder. So here's my question. Child of God, can you hear him? Can you hear him? You get discouraged, in despair, worried, fearful, uncertain. Listen, it's not that he isn't speaking. It's that we've forgotten how to listen. Are you separated from God? Are you in a place where you feel like God doesn't care about you or you've never had a commitment to him? I know there's a growing trend of people walking away from faith. A new word has been coined, deconversion, to undo your conversion experience. And I'm telling you, you can say anything you want. You can use all the wisdom you want of this world. But Pastor Tim, here's something you can't take away from me. I've met him. Don't tell me he isn't real. If you try to tell me that Carol Pilcher isn't real, I'm going to tell you you're stupid. I met her. In fact, when I met her, I fell in love with her. Of course, we met in second grade, so it's a long story. But And when I met her and then later fell in love with her, I married her. So don't tell me she isn't real. I will help you see the light. And I'm telling you, I don't care what the wisdom of this world says. It is foolishness. It is ignorant. And it's intended to keep you in the grave. But I've met him. And I walk with him. And I talk with him. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his own. And I'm telling you this morning, wherever you are, his love is loud this morning. Jesus lived loud so that you could hear his love louder than the hatred in this world. And I'm I'm landing the plane. But evangelicals get a bad rap today. And I want to make it clear. I don't hate anybody. A few Christians have been on my nerves, but I don't hate anybody. But I hate what sin does to people. And I'm here to say to you, we're extending an arm of love because Jesus' love is louder than the hate of the church world or of the secular world. I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed, please, no one looking around. And I just have to ask on this Resurrection Sunday, I don't know how you got in here. I don't know if you heard about donuts or someone invited you to lunch or you're here as a last gasp chance at faith with no no one looking around. You're here this morning without a personal faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have a personal relationship with him. I don't care if you've ever prayed a prayer or not, but you'd say this morning, my relationship with Jesus Christ is broken and I need to begin a new walk with him with no one looking around I just want to pray for you I'm not going to call you forward 
I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you lift up your hand so I can pray for you? Yes. Yes. I'm going to wait just a moment. Anyone else in the house? Yes. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. I see your hands. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. God's in the house. Anyone else this morning? Yes. Thank you. God's in the house this morning. His love is louder. His love. Yes. Thank you. In the balcony. Thank you. Anyone else? God's moving on hearts and I don't want to rush that or interrupt that in any way. Yes. Thank you. This is a day of new beginnings. Jesus loves loud because he lived loud. No one, no one looking around, just personal between you and God. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else? Yes, thank you. What are we gonna do? There's no magic talisman, no magic prayer, no magic incantation. I'm simply going to lead you in a prayer that if you pray and mean it, God will hear you and come into your heart and life. And then a journey will begin as you walk with him. So I'm going to ask everyone in the house with, with everyone in the house to repeat after me. And whether you raise your hand or not, if you need a relationship with Jesus and pray this prayer, he will hear you. Everyone in the house, dear Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I have failed you in many ways my life is broken and I need your help I ask for you to forgive me for my sins I ask for you to live inside of me and make me new I believe that you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven and I believe that you rose from the dead so that I could walk in newness of life. And I commit myself to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give an expression of praise to God this morning. If you prayed that prayer, we want to walk alongside you. There are two ways to let us know that. If you'd fill out one of these cards and just say, I gave my life to Jesus, we'll follow up with your contact information. Or you can text the, text the keyword GROW to 77411. And that will enable us to, because what I, don't, what I don't want is a commitment today that makes no difference on Monday. I want a commitment today that enables us to walk alongside you and see you grow in your relationship to God. Let's stand together and let's magnify him this morning. What a great day to know the Lord. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could climb. In desperation I turned to heaven spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your love and kindness tore through the shadow of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ, my Lord.
could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame amen spoken I am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ my living hope come on with one voice lift it up reverberate in the walls of the assembly but be proclaimed in our neighborhoods and on our jobs and our communities that we serve a risen Savior 
He's in the world today. One more time, if you love him, let me hear your hands. Amen. God bless you. So glad you're here this morning. Thank you for your giving, your support all through the year. And if you're new this morning or you've not yet connected us, please go to the website or fill out a card. We want to get to know you and get better acquainted with you. Amen. God bless. Shake someone's hand. Encourage someone in Jesus today.